When manslaughter charges against Alec Baldwin were dropped last year, the American actor may have thought this difficult chapter of his life was over. His attorneys saying in a statement, we are pleased with the decision to dismiss the case against Alec Baldwin and we encourage a proper investigation into the facts and circumstances of this tragic accident. But now, the 65-year-old is facing fresh charges over the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. I would go to any lengths to undo what happened. I would go to any lengths to undo what happened. Hutchins was killed on the set of Rust, a low-budget American Western that was filming in New Mexico in 2021. Baldwin was holding the gun that fired the fatal shot. I'm handed a gun and someone declares, I said, this is a cold gun. In my years on the sets of film, hot gun meant that there was a charge in there and cold gun meant there was nothing in there. When he's saying this, this is a cold gun, what he's saying to everybody on the set is you can relax. The gun is empty. This month, a grand jury in New Mexico indicted the actor on a charge of involuntary manslaughter. If convicted, he could spend up to 18 months in jail. But if the first case against him was dismissed, why is he facing the same charge again? And if he didn't even know the gun held live ammunition, can he be found guilty? When you say what is the actor's responsibility, the actor's responsibility is to do what the prop armourer tells him to do. I'm Bernice Harrison. This is in the news from the Irish Times. Today, will Alec Baldwin serve time for the fatal movie set shooting? Julia Jacobs, you've been covering this story for The New York Times. Can you start by telling us about the fresh charges facing Alec Baldwin over the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins in 2021? What are the charges? Yes. So a grand jury on Friday indicted Alec Baldwin on an involuntary manslaughter charge. And, you know, This is the second criminal case against him. The first was brought by prosecutors, and so they didn't go through the grand jury process. But in this case, you had a grand jury of 12 people in New Mexico who decided that there was probable cause that Alec Baldwin committed the crime of involuntary manslaughter. But now, when he was charged with that before, the whole thing fell apart. The case fell apart. Why? It's the, sa- it's the same charge and it's the same event, the, the death of Alina Hutchins. So why did it fall apart? Right. It's the same charge. Um, it, it fell apart under challenges from Alec Baldwin's lawyers. The first thing they you know, attacked on was the fact that the original prosecution team charged him under what, what they called a firearm enhancement. But that firearm enhancement, which could have gotten him up to six and a half years in prison, um, that had been passed after the rust shooting actually occurred. Baldwin's attorneys argued the, the firearm law included by the prosecutors was not in effect at the time of the deadly shooting. So Alec Baldwin's lawyers were able to undercut the case that way. They were also able to undercut the case by pointing out that one of the prosecutors, Andrea Reeb, she was a a legislator at the same time that she was a prosecutor. And so with that challenge, the the case sort of fell apart with the new prosecution team as, as they wanted to 
more intensely scrutinize um, the underlying facts here. So it fell apart on a technicality, really, or a series of technicalities, really. So so why now? Why, why are new charges being brought against him now? Is it something that the family, maybe, of Helena Hutchins are pushing for? I'm not aware of that in particular. But what I do know is that the prosecution team that took over the case in April, they dismissed the charge, the original charge against Alec Baldwin, but they reserved the right to charge him again. And the reason they they say they dismissed it is that some new evidence was brought up about the gun in question that made them wonder if it could have gone off unexpectedly. Well, they did some intensive testing on it. They commissioned a report by a forensic analyst who said, actually, Alec Baldwin needed to have pulled the trigger in order for the gun to go off, which Alec Baldwin denies. And so with that new evidence, that further convinced the prosecution that they wanted to actually continue the case and to revive, um, you know, the criminal charge against Alec through a grand jury. Okay, so can you talk us through exactly what happened on that day in October 2021 on the set of a movie set of a Western called Rust? Alec Baldwin was the star and also the producer. And Miss Hutchins, she was killed during work. Uh, so can you tell us what happened? Yeah, so it, it was that this ranch called Bonanza Creek Ranch. It, you know, Western films have been... Um, in production there for decades. And they were in this wooden church um, and they were preparing to shoot a scene in which Alec Baldwin draws his gun and engages in a sort of shootout with um, people who have, you know, he's been on the run from the law and he's now in this church and he's about to draw his weapon. And what they're doing is they're, they're practicing what's called a tight shot where you have the camera homing in just on the gun. And so Alec Baldwin is over and over again, sort of taking the gun out of his shoulder holster and pointing it to get the correct camera angle. But this is all I know, and that is that I take the gun out in the rehearsal, I turn and cock the gun, the gun goes off. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a cold gun. Nothing. No flash charges, nothing. And a- according to his account of it, um, you know, he asks Helena, do you want me to, to cock the gun? So, you know, pulling the hammer back. And, and she says, yes. And, and according to Alec, it's as he moves the um, moves the hammer back from its position that the gun goes off. He says he did not pull the trigger. And, you know, it's then that chaos breaks loose as, as people are realizing what has happened. According to Alec, he he says he had no idea that there could have been a live bullet in the gun until maybe about an hour later. He thought it might be a rock or something. Because remember, film productions are not supposed to have any live, live ammunition on the set. So can you tell me, actually, speaking of that, what are the protocols for the use of guns or, I suppose, any weapons on film sets? Even a film set like this. This was a, a low-budget movie. There's only going to be filming for 21 days. Are there protocols? Yeah, there certainly are protocols. Um, Number one protocol being you don't have live rounds on set. You know, you have what what are called dummy rounds, and and those are what should have been in the gun. And and actually, there were five dummy rounds in the gun. And what those mean, 
you know, that's essentially inert cartridges that are really just there for show so that when Alec Baldwin is holding the gun and you can see in the exposed chamber, you know, you don't want there to be nothing in there because then a shrewd viewer of, of a film will, will notice that. So you have essentially fake rounds. Now, in this case, somehow one live round got in the chamber, a, a six chamber revolver. And, you know, typically in, in terms of protocols, you'll have an armorer who is on set a lot of times showing the actor what is in the gun, sometimes demonstrating that each cartridge in the gun is a dummy round. In this case, you know, the armor wasn't in the room and, and she says she wasn't in the room because of COVID protocols. And so it was the first assistant director on the film, Dave Halls, who took a plea deal in the case. You know, he he was technically the person in charge of the gun at the time. But, you know, all that being said, looking from the outside, it seems extraordinary that there would be a bullet, a real live bullet anywhere near a film set. Has there ever been any explanation as to why there were real bullets in the gun? That is the key question that it has remained a mystery. And, you know, no prosecutors, no investigators have ever put forward a clear theory as to what happened here. And so one big question I have is whether or not the prosecutors are going to put out such a theory, you know, ahead of the trial of Hannah Gutierrez, who is the armor in the case. She's going on trial for um, on an involuntary manslaughter charge as well next month. And presumably, you know, the prosecutors have been continuing to investigate this question, but so far they haven't put put forward any explanation. More on this story after this short break. Now, Baldwin, from the very start, um, he was interviewed by police very quickly afterwards. And from the very start, he maintained his innocence. He said, and apart from anything else, he said he didn't even pull the trigger on the gun. He was cocking it. He didn't pull the trigger. Has that been proved or disproved? I mean, at this point, with this second charge, have, have we learned anything more about the gun? That is going to be a huge question for the defense in this case to try to explain how did the gun go off if he didn't pull the trigger? Now, this, as I mentioned, this forensic report argued that it, it was impossible for the gun to go off without the trigger being depressed. Um, you know, they they put it at it needs two pounds of pressure in order for the gun to be depressed. However, what the defense is likely going to argue is that we're not actually able to show anything about this gun because when the FBI tested it after the shooting in October of 2021, the gun broke. And so in order to, to do this further analysis, the um, the investigator actually had to rebuild parts of the gun. And so that'll be a, a potentially strong argument for the defense as this proceeds. Now, Alec Baldwin, he says, you know, someone is at fault, but, but it's not me. Uh, he said he's sorry. He's terribly sorry for the woman's death. But it's not guilt, it's grief. Um, his legal team are quite bullish, actually, at this point. They've said, we look forward to our day in court. What will the defence be when they get to court? 
I think a likely you know, aspect of the the defense, in addition to the argument about the broken gun, will be that Alec Baldwin had had no idea that live rounds were even on set. And he was that he was actually told that um, this was a cold gun. And in this context, a cold gun would have meant that, you know, it's safe to handle that the only thing inside the gun are these dummy rounds that I talked about. Now, there are some differing there's some differing accounts of, of who would have said that term, cold gun. Alec Baldwin said it was Dave Halls, the first assistant director, who told him that. But I'd imagine in terms of, you know, proving a claim of involuntary manslaughter, that means that Alec Baldwin should have known that what he was doing was dangerous. He sh- and that he displayed willful disregard, that's the legal term, willful disregard for the safety of others. And so it's likely that his lawyers will argue, how could you say that he showed willful disregard if he had no idea that there was a live round in that gun, that he thought it was effectively empty? So how do you think the prosecution will counter that? I think the argument from the prosecution, now, they haven't made clear yet what they argued to the grand jury in order to get this indictment. But what the original prosecution team argued is that, you know, regardless of of whether or not you're on a film set, you shouldn't be pointing a gun at another individual. And, you know, you should be taking every precaution that you can think of in order to maintain the safety of those around you. And you should also be following film industry protocols, which are written up in something called safety bulletin number one. And part of safety bulletin number one says you shouldn't, you shouldn't put your finger on the trigger of the gun until you're ready to shoot. And so they'll likely point to those protocols sort of as, as evidence of his wrongdoing. But, you know, there'll be arguments on both sides about that. Like, (laughs) the reality is they're, they're on a film set. The cinematographer is pointing him essentially where to shoot. And so the response here will likely be, well, like I I talked to one legal expert who, who put it this way, you know, if you couldn't ever point a gun at someone, then that would undo a hundred years of Western filmmaking. You know, you see that all the time on film sets. So there's there's the rules and then there's the reality of, of a film set. Now, as you say, there is an armorer involved in, in a Western, in any movie involving Guns And that that person was a woman called Hannah Gutierrez. Uh, She was responsible for the weapons and the ammunition on the set. And she was just 24 at the time. And she also faces involuntary manslaughter charges. But she's pleaded not guilty and she's scheduled to stand trial in February. Why then are the prosecutors in New Mexico, why aren't they they happy enough with that? Like they... They will have got a charge. They will have somebody on the hook for a charge. Why are they still going after Alec Baldwin? You know, the the prosecution team, the original prosecution team at least, made the point repeatedly that, that they didn't want the fact that Alec Baldwin is a celebrity to mean that he gets any sort of special treatment under the law. And so I think the, the argument from prosecutors would likely be that we need to consider 
Alec Baldwin's responsibility here, you know, in isolation of, of whether or not we we get any sort of plea deals or convictions on anyone else. We, you know, we have to consider Alec Baldwin's responsibility here on its merits. So we've also heard that the Rust set was not was not a happy place, that there were some members of the crew that were not happy. Is that also going to form part of the trial, do you think? Very likely. You know, one of the crew members, Lane Looper, who testified in front of the grand jury, was someone who walked off the set um, the, the previous evening. Um, he, he announced to, you know, uh, production officials that the camera people, including him, would be leaving. And, and that morning of the shooting, they came to set and they packed up their stuff and they left. And, you know, they had some complaints that involved the hotel rooms that they were staying at um, over the production. They also had concerns about safety, and that's something that Lane Looper put in an email um, to production officials. There were some concerns about unintended discharges that had of guns, um, of blanks that had happened on set uh, previously during the production. And so that will certainly come up, um, I would imagine, during the armors trial and during any court proceedings involving Alec Baldwin. So... Is it certain or not that a trial will go ahead? It's not certain. You know, it's possible that Alec Baldwin's lawyers will successfully argue to the judge that the case should be dismissed. But, you know, it would have to be a really strong argument. Once you have a grand jury indicting someone, it has to be, it's a high bar for a judge then to completely dismiss the case. Okay, so let's say the trial goes ahead and let's say Alec Baldwin is convicted. Is he likely to get jail time? So the maximum amount of jail time Alec Baldwin could get on this is 18 months. Um, And in terms of sentencing, you know, a judge or a jury, depending on who who makes that decision, will always consider, you know, um, past potential criminal history. It it would be, you know, unfair for me to speculate right now on, on what they would decide. But the max, the max would be 18 months. Now, we're talking about, obviously, a criminal case. Have there been civil cases ar- around this death? Yes. Alec Baldwin has been sued by several crew members um, who allege negligence on the set of Rust. Because he was the producer as well. So it would be in in, in that mode that he would be sued. Is that it? Correct. I mean, yeah, he, he was a producer on the film. And now now he says that he was not responsible for hiring or any of the sort of real practical matters on set, you know, including hiring the armorer. But, you know, that's that's an argument that will certainly be made during civil proceedings about how much responsibility he had as a producer. And I would imagine that's something that we'll we'll get to during the criminal proceedings as well. Well, now, has this impacted Alec Baldwin's career. I mean, you would think that criminal charges hanging over you, though maybe it doesn't necessarily America impact on people's progression. We'll we'll think of Trump in New Hampshire. But in the two years following the death of Helena Hutchins, has there been any impact on Alec Baldwin's career? He certainly says there has. You know, his lawyer has said in court filings that he's lost out on acting jobs because of this. Um, that he has been facing financial pressures because of this. And he actually, you know, just before he was indicted, he put his house on the market on Long Island for um, $19 million. And, you know, who knows if, if that's connected to the financial pressures. But 
it's certainly something that's been discussed, um, you know, in the wake of, of this indictment. This has obviously been a very, very tragic chapter in the film industry, the the death onset of this extraordinarily talented, she was a trailblazer in the in the industry because there's not that many female cinematographers and Helena Hutchins was was really making her way. Um, has it had any impact on the wider film industry? I mean, weapons are used all the time in movies, as you say, not just Westerns, many, many movies. Um, and we know for example, largely because of all the strikes last year, that this is a highly unionized industry. So has it had any wider impact? So what I have seen is that production officials have have thought about this extremely carefully after Rust, you know, whether or not they want to risk this. I, I talked to some production officials on this Western um, television show, Walker, Texas Ranger. It's a reboot of, of the original. And actually, it was it was the day after the Rust film shooting, and, and they decided to get rid of any functional weapons on set, you know, immediately. It was pretty much a cause and effect. And, you know, that has happened on, on some other sets, even though it's not talked about publicly very much. Um, but it certainly had an impact on the way producers and actors um, view their jobs. Would you ever work on another film set that involves uh, firearms of that nature? I couldn't answer that question. I, I really don't have any. I have no sense of it at all. I do know that an ongoing effort to limit the use of firearms in, on film sets is something I'm extremely interested in. I'm not an expert in this field. So whatever other people decide is the best way to go, in terms of protecting people's safety on film sets, I'm all in favor of, and I will cooperate that, with that in any way that I can. Do you think production will start up again? No. And finally, Julia, has the film ever been finished? Will audiences ever get to see it? So in April, actually around the exact time that that the original criminal case against Alec Baldwin was dismissed, he was out in Montana finishing the movie. And so... You know, we know that the producers are trying to finish Rust as a tribute to Helena Hutchins. We just don't know, you know, what the release date would it would possibly be. And and we don't know if Alec Baldwin's criminal case will affect it at all. We'll delay it. So that is yet to be seen. Julia Jacobs, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. For more Irish Times journalism, including movie reviews and coverage, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.